0: If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it,
1: you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients. Donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit Vitalant.org today.
0: A different future starts with you. That's why GoDaddy does more than help you find a name. You can create, sell, and get found online so any small business can make a change. We need a new generation of thinking. Your way of thinking. Start different at GoDaddy.com.
1: This is an ode to Napa cabbage. Of all the cabbages on all the cabbage farms, only you have the crisp crunch worthy of our Bibigo Korean dumplings. No other cabbage would do, because no other cabbage tastes like you. We love you, Napa cabbage. Just don't tell Green Onion. Napa cabbage, one of many obsessively crafted ingredients in every hearty, flavorful Korean dumpling from Bibigo. Go handcrafted. Go Authentic Korean dumplings now in the freezer aisle. This is Podco Media Networks. On episode 106 of Confessions of a Marketer, your funnel is flawed. Hi, it's Mark Reed Edwards. Welcome back to Confessions of a Marketer. Carmen Perry is in to talk about marketing, the metrics we watch, and lots more. We'll get to that in just a moment. Coming soon, John McDonald on optimization, and we'll also have Chris Stefanik on storytelling, Kerry Masters on marketing and Amazon, another session on optimization with Justin Christensen, plus Nathan Hirsch on finding the right freelancers, and lots more in store. If you've recovered from COVID-19 or unknowingly been exposed to it, you may have antibodies that could help COVID-19 patients donate blood and receive testing for COVID-19 antibodies. Visit bytalent.org today. Okay, on to Carmen Perry. Carmen started out in politics and then came to marketing with an interesting point of view. He thinks all the technology we've thrown at the task doesn't mean that we'll improve lead flow. He says marketers focus on vanity measures and things that appear to show ROI but really don't. Plus, the notion of the funnel is really flawed. He also tells us a much more useful metric that might not be as easy to illustrate in PowerPoint. Great discussion, part one of which we present right now. So let's get to it. Carmen Perry, welcome to Confessions of a Marketer. It's great to have you here.
0: It's wonderful to be here.
1: Can you tell me about your background and what led you to form Kula Partners?
0: Yeah, man, that's a long and winding road, which I'm not even sure we want to bore your listeners with. I came at marketing kind of in an odd way, I guess. My university career was more focused around finance and environmental economics and didn't have much to do with marketing at all. I always felt that marketing was viewed in academia to be much more kind of too scientific and I felt there was more art to it, which is kind of odd as I find myself more on this Probably the science side of marketing these days, and the art side, some might argue, as a digital centric agency. So, nevertheless, my background jumped from that to being involved in politics for a long time. Huh. Uh, actually, uh, ran to be an MLA, uh, which is kind of similar to a state representative, I suppose, in the United States. Uh, when I was twenty-three that coupled with some early jobs marketing kind of in marketing and, and in sales kind of just generally got me interested in that uh the general uh, environment of marketing and selling stuff from there i um several years later found myself working at a, an advertising agency almost uh, by accident i was the vice president of uh, public relations and government relations and migrated from there into uh, more marketing counsel and leading our social media practice in the early days. I met my business partner, uh, Jeff White, and uh, we decided to create this crazy thing we call Coola Partners.
1: Oh, that's great. So why did you leave politics?
0: Well, man, there is no money in
1: Canadian or politics. Or did politics leave you?
0: Well, that's true. I did lose the election. Um, but then I worked as a paid uh, strategist and things of that nature. You know, it's kind of one of those classic things, those who can do, those who can't teach. So I was much better uh, at telling people how to win elections than I was uh, in winning them myself, it seems. But uh, yeah, it, uh, it has an expiry date, I think a lot of people would tell you
1: that have been in it. Or it should, at least.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I've done plenty of things since to probably make sure that I'm completely unelectable, but that doesn't make me a bad marketer. So there you go.
1: (laughs) So, okay, let's leave politics behind and let's talk about marketing. What do you think the biggest challenges are for marketers these days?
0: If I had to summarize the overall challenges, I think that marketers more so than many other areas of the organization. Marketers specifically, I think, are really waging a war with complexity. Yeah. And uh, I've likened it to a game of professional whack-a-mole, you know?
1: Yeah.
0: When I look at the various challenges, if I had to put them all in one bucket, I would say that it's a war of complexity in a discipline that didn't used to be particularly complex.
1: Yeah. It used to be just seat to your pants. <laughs>
0: Well, there were some things that you needed to know, and then you just needed to be a
1: you know smart, good thinker.
0: but the tactical side of it wasn't nearly as complex the right. There's some elegance when you can only have thirteen clubs in your golf bag you know but now when you you know so if that was the previous world, well, now you can have a hundred and thirteen clubs in the
1: bag, and nobody knows which one they should use right and that's where the science comes in right
0: well um it does, although of course it's proving not always to be scientifically accurate, is it you know like there are things sure. that we you know we think we can optimize we you know we just because it can be measured doesn't mean it should be, and doesn't mean that it's always telling us the thing that we think it's telling us so I think marketers struggle with that as well in terms of using the data and using the science to actually make wise decisions. I think we have a long ways to go
1: yeah in in a drive to automate everything, which one would think would make things less complex, it's made it more complex.
0: Well, it's given us a lot more data. It doesn't necessarily give us the ability or wherewithal or know-how
1: to know what to do with it. Yeah. What do you think marketers waste their time on these days? Well,
0: <laughs> you know, the marketers that I work with uh, most often, Cooler you know, Partners is an agency focused on manufacturing marketing. So the marketers I work with are manufacturing marketers, working within a fairly complex B2B sales cycles, typically. I think there's a misguided concept that's guiding a lot of the thinking around how they're approaching their work. And that underlying concept that's driving how they're approaching their work is fundamentally flawed. And that's that of a funnel, everybody's talking about the sales funnel and they talk about their conversions and their MQLs to SQLs, et cetera. And that's really a model that was borrowed from SaaS marketers. It comes to us from the worlds of HubSpot and inbound marketing and things of that nature. And lots of other examples of of firms that have uh, pioneered that work, of course. But for many B2B organizations, that funnel... And so much of what it implies just, just does not reflect reality. There isn't an unlimited top of funnel. you know. Just because we optimize our website and have a paid search campaign that's properly set up and have a decent paid social going on or what have you doesn't necessarily mean that we can triple our lead flow overnight by just moving these digital metrics. Because if what we're measuring are just that those raw increases in organic traffic, as an example, or something, we're missing the layer of the fact that there's only X number of companies in the world that can actually buy our stuff. It leads marketers to kind of just focus on the wrong things, focus on vanity metrics, and focus on investing real hard marketing dollars in activities that, well, they appear to be showing ROI, necessarily aren't.
1: So it's the data that people rely on is not accurate.
0: Well, so I was chatting with a marketer just uh, earlier this week at a conference in Chicago. We get into this discussion about the fact that this notion of a funnel is very flawed. And what he said to me is, you're absolutely right. We spend two, three million dollars a year on our demand gen efforts and our MQL to SQL rate is 2%. And these are all the things that you know would make this a good MQL, or why it's you know these leads are considered to be marketing qualified, but yet two percent of them actually are truly sales qualified. Right? What are we doing from a demand gen point of view? Who are we targeting that effort towards? Are we actually taking an account based approach to know who we actually want to sell to, and then refine our metrics to say how many of our target accounts have we actually engaged with our digital marketing initiatives over the last 90 days? That's a much more useful metric as an example.
1: Not as easy to illustrate in PowerPoint though,
0: right? Not as easy to illustrate in PowerPoint. Not as easy to get the, the fun graphics from your marketing automation platform. You know what I mean? It, it's not maybe quickly accessible on a normal dashboard report. And frankly, maybe what's even worse for marketers is that the numbers aren't going to be nearly as sexy. It's a lot easier, frankly, to get a 200% bump in organic search if you don't really care what those searchers are doing once they show up at your site or if they're actually qualified and have buying
1: intent. Yeah, it requires, you know, here's a cliche, it requires a holistic view, doesn't it? And most people focus on whatever is directly in front of them rather than the big picture.
0: Yeah, yeah. look, it. I'm going to push it a little bit more and say it requires us to rethink how marketing and sales even orient themselves in the customer buying process. Because what I'm talking about here is we can't really wait for leads to come in via organic search and fill out a contact us form and be qualified yeah. by uh, an inside salesperson and then determined to be sales qualified and then move to our field rep. I don't think that's the reality we need to be at because basically we're at a place where those buyers are already well down the path by the time that they engage with the company. They're already down the path of purchase so far potentially that they can't be influenced otherwise. So you may be coming in, kind of Johnny-come-lately at that point by the time your salesperson's actually engaged. Meanwhile, the opportunity to actually develop real relationship was 18 months ago. Yeah. But that was in an area of our firm's marketing or outreach to those customers that A, may not even exist, and B, almost certainly doesn't involve our salespeople, which are the people that we actually need to be developing those relationships potentially. So we need to change how we qualify leads I think we need to get out of this notion of BANT qualification to move people through this hoop. And I think we need to get a lot more focus for most B2B brands on who we actually want to reach out to, who are we trying to engage and how do we measure our efforts accordingly?
1: Yeah. So how do you encourage your clients, these manufacturing clients to approach B2B marketing? What, what do you advise them to do?
0: Well, just that. Let's start with actually knowing who we want to sell to and build our methodology for how we reliably find and market to net new prospects. From there, I think there are a number of things that we need to uh, begin to see happen. One is identify how can you move the sales side of the organization into the marketing apparatus in a more tightly integrated way earlier in the buying process. So how can we begin to Use, for instance, highly technically competent sales engineers, et cetera, to uh, be a part of our marketing in a way that enables them to develop relationships with our target accounts uh, before uh, the time that there's actually a purchase in play. If we wanted to just generally think about some of the shift that's at play, I think that's a big part of it.
1: All right, next time, Carmen is back and we discuss the state of B2B marketing plus a whole lot more, so stay with us. This episode of Confessions of a Marketer is written, produced, and edited by yours truly. T. Jordan of A-Class Productions wrote the theme music. Confessions of a Marketer is a trademark of Podco Media Networks and this episode is copyright 2019. I'm Mark Reed Edwards. See you next time.